0: Hello, Frighters. I'm Holland Elise, and this is Fight or Fright. Welcome to this episode of Fight or Fright. This is Holland Elise, and I'm here with my roommate and resident Canadian expert, I forget how you say it. We could say token Canadian. Token Canadian? I mean, you are a dual citizen, so you're American and Canadian. Yeah, so basically
1: I know more than any of you.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) basically you're just awesome. Yeah. But uh, I say she's my Canadian expert because of this week's case, which takes place in Canada. We'll get into that in a bit. But first, what about this shit show that's Washington dc right now with the trump supporters and oh, i you got to see more of it because i was at work and you you yeah. were working from
1: home so you were able to kind of like keep up with it oh i was watching it happen live and let me say i have never been more embarrassed to be an american yeah but you can just fall back on the canadians <laughs> Yeah, well, then we come to this case eventually, and then you'll understand why I'm just stuck between a rock and a hard place.
0: (laughs) No, seriously though, like you sent me like a Buzz—I think it was a Buzzfeed BuzzFeed. article with all these fucking photos that were absolutely insane, like in people's offices, climbing up windows. In
1: what would they—is it Chambers? I don't know if that's yeah. It is called Chambers. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, and the guy with the Viking hat, no shirt, and the, like, fur cape standing at the top. I saw a tweet that said, that's the most
0: iconic picture that came out
1: of that day. Yeah. So, we want to talk a little bit, and I'm just saying royal we there. You know, that's the Canadian me. We're all royal. <laughs> but, like, there's a difference between protesting and standing up for your rights and demonstrating, and what yesterday was. Yesterday was domestic terrorism, white nationalism. In fact, my friend sent me this uh, meme. You've probably seen it. It's it's only called a coup if it's from the coup d'etat region in France. Otherwise, it's just called white supremacy. Yeah.
0: Well, the thing about it is I feel like those people that did that yesterday which QAnon like they were wearing that symbol so yep. like but those people I feel like were probably also the ones this summer that were complaining about Black Lives Matter protests and rioting that like and like it's, yes and 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 to me I'm like that's bullshit like if you're gonna if you're going to complain about someone trying to protest for their freaking lives when they're being like killed by police officers, which don't even get me started again on that Breonna Taylor case. I know I already went into it a little (laughs) bit around that time, but those people were were demonstrating for their lives. And demonstrating. I mean, there were some people that did a little bit more rioting. But I mean, if I was oppressed and had the shit happen that they have to them, I think
1: This was totally different.
0: I'm whiter than white, so I can only speculate, but I think I would be pretty pissed, too. This was very different because this isn't fighting for your fighting for your life. This is you listening to what our almost former president, thank fucking God, what our almost former president would
1: say is fake news. Well, and remember when they said in 2016, you lost, get over it. Yeah, um,
0: you lost, get over okay. it. One thing that did come out of it, though, is President
1: Biden officially. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Kamala Harris. Um, fuck yeah. Let the women what, do
0: the work. One, let the women do the work. And wasn't she the one that was like. Mr. Vice President, it's my turn
1: to speak. Yeah. Boom. Also, I'm speaking, a bad bitch. Speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of let the women do the work, there's lots of pictures of the senatorial aides who, in this case, were all women. They were the ones that rescued the actual hard copy of the ballots. Again, let the women do the work. Yeah. I'll leave you on a funny note if you want this one. Sure. We're going to need something funny by the end of this. Okay. (laughs) So uh, I saw another tweet and it says, breaking news, Rudy Giuliani's in front of Capital One Bank waiting for the riots to start. Because remember when he did the whole, what was it? Uh, What was it supposed to be? Four seasons. And he booked the press conference in front of the landscape thing. (laughs) Huh? Rudy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Rudy. It's just,
0: oh, yeah, oh, Rudy. I hate him. But it's sad because he did good things way in the past. <laughs> but that nothing makes up for how shitty no. he is now. No. So I still hate him. He did good things in, like, was it the 70s?
1: Uh, in the 70s, he helped like bring down the mob. And then also nine eleven. he was New York's mayor. So they called him America's mayor. Very no more. Influential. Now he Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's yeah. a whole. It's a whole thing. It's awful. But
0: that's a little bit of just because this just happened yesterday when we're recording this. It's going to be a little longer till this hits your ear holes. But it's just insanity. And she saw more than I did. So I I just got like the little blurbs about it basically. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about the terrible <laughs> in other country. So
0: trigger warning. Very 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 much a trigger warning. This case is awful. Like I I'm interested in it, but there is child abuse, sexual abuse, just all around awfulness throughout yeah. this whole thing. So I guess Take it away. You know, yeah, I I guess it's time. <laughs> so today I am going to be discussing a very dark part of the fuck is that um
1: <laughs> sorry if you can't hear that, there is some very loud rap music? Yeah? Which is strange for where all we I live. Can, all I can picture is like one of those cars that has the hydraulics. <laughs> that's just like,
0: <laughs> do I watch too much Fast and Furious
1: and that type of shit? Probably. See, I'm picturing a decked out like Hummer. Oh, uh, you know, with like uh, the gangster bling, like hanging out the windows, like exhibit sold show pimp my car. Yeah, pimp my ride, man. Sorry, sorry,
0: pimp my ride. I'm glad you were here to correct me before I said that and yeah. then someone would be like, what? <laughs> but, but anyway, but anyway <laughs> um, I'm going to be talking about Roche Berriot. I'm getting the nod from Brianna. I did it right. I think. Yes. I <laughs> and he is referred to in almost every article I read as one of Canada's most, if not the most notorious criminal.
1: Yeah, sounds about right. So, Roche Thoreau... Ther- Ther- Theriot.
0: Roche Theriot yeah. was born May sixteenth, 1947, in Seguenye?
1: Segu- that the- uh, sure
0: we'll- <laughs> Seguenye, Quebec, Canada. <laughs> 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 he was born into a French-Canadian family and he was considered very intelligent and he was known to be outgoing, had a very had a charisma about him, which again comes back later. But he was outgoing and people seemed to like him. And from all accounts his childhood was pretty normal. Didn't seem as there was there was much to complain about. Seemed like he had a decent family. When he was in seventh grade, he quit school and dropped out. And when he became a teen, he started to claim that his parents, particularly his father, was abusive. I won't comment on this if this is completely true, because obviously he can say things. I don't know how much weight I'm going to put to what he says, but his father vehemently denies ever abusing him. And there's a lot of thought and speculation that he obviously loved attention and he found that claiming that he was abused got him that exactly got him attention i don't know either way because you never know what's going on behind closed doors so i can't say one way or the other i wasn't in that house but from all accounts
1: his father says i never we never abused him keeping in mind the day and age of what child abuse would have been because still like spanking your kids corporal punishment especially in Quebec, that wouldn't have been seen as abuse. True.
0: True. Touche. Again, it just didn't seem like there was that much other than him dropping out of school in seventh grade. But growing up, Roche's father was devoutly religious, particularly Catholic. And he was a laborer and he was part of something called the Union of Electors, which is also known as the White Berets due to their outfits, apparently. I don't know much about them, but about but uh, he was part of that. And his father would have him, like, go house to house and doing all of these things. And Roche started to, because of his upbringing, despise Catholicism, organized religion in general, but but especially Catholicism, which isn't, quite unusual a lot of times just because of how strict it is i feel like that there's there's a lot of people i know who grew up catholic and eventually
1: became like so also just a bit of history canadian history there's always been a bit of a divide between the french and the english and in the 60s and 70s this was very very turbulent there were kidnappings of government officials. There were a few assassinations. So, and the French are Catholic. The English tend to be Protestant. So there's a lot of things happening around this time that may he wasn't necessarily living in the epicenter of, but he may have been aware of, and that could have also had some influence. True, definitely. Then Roche, when he was a
0: bit of an older teenager, I think around like 20 met a girl from the town over named Francine Grenier, G-R-E-N-I-E-R, Grenier.
1: I did it! I mean, there's a liquor named after it, so. (laughs) I had no idea, in all honesty. But she, like I said, she lived with
0: her family in the next town over, and the two began dating. On November 11th, 1967, the two married, and over the next three years, they had two sons, Roche, Sylvian, Jr., and
1: Francois.
0: When the children were young, Roche suffered from ulcers that had to be surgically removed. The surgery was in a way botched, and he just kind of wasn't the same person after, from what I saw, because he was in constant discomfort and pain, and that led, obviously, if you're in constant pain, to irritability. And because of the pain, he also became obsessed with medicine and learning about anatomy and took to studying those things. Not necessarily a bad thing. No. We'll see
1: where it goes. We'll
0: see where it goes. But yeah, not (laughs) necessarily a bad thing if you were normal. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you were trying to be a doctor. Yeah. Anyway, he would use this knowledge to try and essentially self-medicate. And... After a while, he moved back with his family to his hometown, near where his parents were, and he got involved in municipal politics. Wonderful! He's making
1: a civil servant of himself. I mean, I guess we can end there. This is the story of how... You know, this this is the worst thing that's ever happened in Canadian history.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. But uh, <laughs> he moved back, and he used his p- position in municipal politics to basically make a mockery of organized religion, ex- especially Catholicism. And most of the people around him
1: were Catholic. Yeah, I'm sure. So that's, that... it went over real well, I would assume. Uh, yeah, in a small town, Quebec. Yeah, right on point. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Just kidding. Don't piss people off. But
0: then Roche began to self-medicate in a different way, with alcohol. And that was the beginning of the end of his marriage to Francine
1: and him being a normal person. Uh, so I, I mean, the normalcy was already questionable, but... Yeah. He, wasn't, he didn't seem evil yet.
0: Right. But, so, he began to drink to excess... Many, and I would definitely say an alcoholic, and this behavior caused his marriage to fall apart. He would spend his weekends having an affair with a woman named
1: Giselle and Ooh, other women. Sounds beautiful. I do actually think that's a cool name. but It kind of reminds me of gazelles, which, I mean, they're beautiful animals, but I wouldn't want to be named after one. No, that's true. But,
0: <laughs> so he was having affairs with m- multiple women, but... Mainly Giselle. She was, like, the main mistress. Yeah. And once the family home was repossessed, Francine ran as fast as she could in the opposite direction of Roche and was like, peace out, motherfucker. See you later. Bye. Good riddance. And, I mean, it did not take him long to move on.
1: Well, he already kind of had... Uh,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> he didn't even have to take any time. He literally just moved Ugh. in with Giselle, his mistress, <laughs> and but he didn't change his philandering ways. I don't know why that word is fun for me to say, but I like it too. He, the dude, put a bed in the back of his truck so he could have affairs with women. I mean, hippie lifestyle, yeah. It was also like something to do with. Not just Giselle not knowing, because if if you knew he was cheating on his wife, you have to assume, for the most part, he's probably cheating on you, too. Yeah. But it was, I think it was something to do with, like, the politics or job or whatever it, it, it was in. Like, he was in, it was so that no one would, like, know. I, I don't know. It was weird. I saw something about the reason, but I can't completely remember. But he had a bed in the back of his fucking truck. Okay. And then eventually, he's... Stumbled upon the Seventh-day Adventists? Adventists, yep. Yeah. Is is that Mormon, right? Or is Mormon, like, a part of the seven day, Seventh-day Adventists? Are they I different? I feel like
1: they're Jehovah's Witnesses, but I have no basis for that statement. I'm actually going to goop this real quick.
0: So what it says is the Seventh-day Adventist Church is a Protestant Christian denomination which is distinguished by its observance of Saturday, the seventh day of the week, in Christian and Jewish calendars as the Sabbath and its emphasis on the imminent second coming of Jesus Christ. Okay. So, it's different.
1: But, anyway, he... (gasps) Sorry, one of the branch offs of it is the Branch Davidians. What? What, what? Waco! I believe it's pronounced wacko. Oh, sorry. That's a line from The Office.
0: (laughs) <laughs> but he eventually became obsessed with this denomination and this particular off-branch of Christianity. And he attended services on Saturdays, like I said, that's when they observed Sabbath, in a motel room. And these services were led by a Guadalupin? Guadalupin? Guadalupin man named Pierre Zita. He went head-on into this lifestyle. Okay. No drinking, no smoking, no caffeine. Basically, I think Mormons do that too, don't
1: they? Yeah, so do Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, so basically... Uh, sorry, we're not trying to group all these religions together. No! We're just trying to figure out if it's where Martin. they all are.
0: <laughs> There's so many. Like, different branches. and But, like I said, the healthy living, no smoking, no drinking, all of that, that's Seventh-day Advent... Adventist, too. And he went head on into that. He stopped drinking. He aided by their diet and healthy eating lifestyle. And I am so addicted to coffee that I don't think I could ever do any of those things because coffee is like it's like my blood is coffee. I need it to survive. I don't want to need it to survive, but I need it to survive. But he became so devoted and enthusiastic in regards to the Seventh-day Adventists that he made other members uncomfortable because he would boast about his devotion, knowledge, how he was abiding by this and doing that, and just how great he was. And many of the members were like, dude, we've been doing this longer than you. Like, we...
1: Yeah, like... Cool story. What do you want, a
0: cookie? Yeah, like, you stopped drinking. So, yes, that's good for you. Like, keep doing that. Like, doesn't mean you know more than anyone else, but good good on you. But while going to these services and studying the Bible, he became fascinated with the message of violent retribution for sin, which, foreshadowing. Always a good thing. (laughs) The strict codes and masculine
1: authority in the Old Testament. Oh, masculine authority never went wrong. Uh, rewind to the beginning of our podcast.
0: Is that another way of saying toxic
1: masculinity? Yes. <laughs> I,
0: I, Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> but I will say many people do read and translate the meaning of what's in the Bible differently. I mean like i said that just think of how many denominations of christianity there is people kind of view it in a different way yeah
1: and, and i know that's
0: definitely simplifying there being a bunch of branches of christianity but it but it's because basically at its core they they read different things into the bible and what it's trying to say but he just really got into those apocalyptic, violent messages that came with the Old Testament, like eye for an eye. He that was something he would take probably literally. Yeah. Again, this is horrible, guys. It, it just keeps getting worse. So he was so devoted to this life that he started to go door to door like he would when he was younger, selling literature about Seventh-day Adventists. He was so successful at this that Pierre Zita decided to give him a seminar to help people quit smoking. And due to his charm and charisma, it it just made him very good at these things. And I it's, it's beyond me. But he apparently was very charismatic. His personality made up for his ugliness, both on the inside and out. But anyway, in... 1977, or by 1977, he had gained a number of young followers. These people were entranced by his every word and him as a person. He had Solange Bouillard, B-O-I-L-A-R-D. She was 21. Chantelle Labrie, Francine Laflamme, Laflamme? Laflamme. Laflamme. Nicole Ruel, Maurice... Josie, Jacquees, Cloud, Jacquees, (laughs) and there were two Jacquees, 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 there were two Jacqueeses, and Jacquees Giguier had a wife named Maryse, M-A-R-Y-S-E, Maryse. Maryse? I would say Maryse. And Jacquees and Maryse had a six-month-old baby. So in the beginning, it's, all started out as they would hang at his and Giselle's Giselle's place. They would spend weekends there listening to him speak. They would sleep on floors, couches, and just spend the weekend with him. Not in the back of his
1: van? Mm.
0: Not yet. Okay. (laughs) But on that note, Giselle was jealous of the attention that he would pay the women that followed him because they were young i mean the youngest was 18 the oldest was 23 okay he at this point was 30s 40s he was born in 47 and this is 77 so 30 exactly exactly 30 <laughs> so i guess it's not as creepy as i was picturing in my head necessarily the 18 year old maybe a little bit but the 23 year old yeah not as creepy but he's a piece of shit so anyway But, I mean, I can't really blame her for being jealous because she had to know that he was having affairs with other women. This was starting to rub Pierre Zita and the ministry the wrong way. And they were afraid that they were more more attracted to him personally and not attracted to the church part of it. They just personally were drawn to his charisma. And it can't be looks because I've seen a
1: picture of this dude. Yeah. But have you seen Charlie Manson? He wasn't that good looking either, but... Does charisma stand for more than I
0: think it does? Because I'd look at that dude and I'd be like, bye. Yeah, but... But I've also never met him, so yeah. I don't know what his charisma would have done.
1: He'd anyway, he charm your pants off.
0: Quite literally, apparently. Yeah. But just his... i The picture of him, I'm like, just looking at it, I'm like, gross. Like, Bald, long beard. I know how you feel about beards. Sexy AF. <laughs> if, if you want, you... Are you going to call it? The... I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm calling dips.
0: <laughs> but one weekend, Roche decided to take his followers on a retreat to Lake Russo. Russo, Rousseau. R- Rousseau, Rousseau. 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 He went on a solitary hike during their time there. And in this hike, he claimed that God spoke to him. And God told him that where he was kneeling was a holy place, or where he was about to kneel was a holy place. And the cult began. The real cult began.
1: Yeah. Okay. So just a side note, I just uh, looked up his picture He's not good looking, but he's kind of got like that Moses y vibe to him. So, if you are. Were- Ironically, I'm about to get into that. Okay,
0: then let's go. So, Roche began to say that he was Moses reincarnated. I mean, he looks like him,
1: so. And
0: that he should be treated with the respect that befits that.
1: I'm not seeing any flaws in this logic. <laughs> he slept with all of the female followers. Openly now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very much openly. Well, I'm assuming he was sleeping with them before. One well, would only assume. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he had over 20 children with all of the women.
1: That's just too many of anything to have.
0: And he married most of. He was married to most of the. The woman polygamy. Yeah. I mean, if he's having sex with all of them, it's not it's not quite a shock that he's married to most of them. Yeah, I say most. We'll get into why it's most and not all a little later. But some of them just aren't that hot. <laughs> but they ended up being all being in a commune together where they would listen to his religious rambling. <clears throat> I mean, speakings, religious ramblings, speakings. Yeah, was real motivational, guys. Can you picture it? I can't. But at this point, they were to cut off ties with their family and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Cult 101 right there, man. And the reason they had to cut off from the church was because the church did not abide by their equality and unity. I realize this is me doing air quotes and you can't see that, but... Yeah, the Seventh-day Adventist Church apparently didn't abide by that. The commune was for them to live in unity and equality without sin. Can I just say, when it comes to equality, if the men are higher than the women and the women are treated like shit, is that equality? I would say yes. I would say no. (laughs) Guys, in case, because this is an audio medium and not visual, she was definitely being sarcastic. Just want to clear that up. (laughs) But they were preparing for the end of the world. Dun, dun, dun. And you know when the end of the world was going to come? In February of 1979. So just... All of you out there, um, in case you didn't realize, this is 2021. That was 1979. The end of the world did not occur in
1: 1979. Do you know what? There are a few miscalculations. It was off by a little bit. You know, it was like, give or take, like, 50 years. Give the man a break. I'm jokingly going to say could you be a cult leader? Because I'm literally about to say
0: he explained this because people started asking questions when that date passed and the end of the world didn't occur. He, he told them that guys, God's time and earthly time are different. I just mixed, It was just a miscalculation. So you got it right. Ding, ding, ding. You got a winner. It's
1: probably why you're so good at
0: Jeopardy. The commune started during this time when he thought that the world was going to end they started a commune and in this commune they got their cult name and this name came about because I mean Roche just decided that every day was Sabbath for him and he didn't need to do shit so all of his followers were the ones building the commune while Mm -hmm. he sat around and he looked down on them and said they looked like worker ants. And thus, they were called the Ant Hill Kids, which I'm sorry, but that is one fucking lame-ass name. I'm sorry,
1: I think it sounds like a pretty cool band. Band name, maybe. Cult name, can do better. Yeah, but, I mean, when you're in a cult, you don't realize you're in a cult. And it's like, what was that from the show the other night? The Chop Shop Gang? I want to be in the Chop Shop Gang. That sounds (laughs) awesome. Why, when I hear Chop Shop Gang, does it it make me think of, like, a singing quartet? I think the exact same thing. (laughs) I think (laughs) they could be, like, the Ant Hill Kids. Yeah,
0: it's just, like, oh, so, like if someone asks them about religion like what do you i'm just one of the anthill kids but i guess there isn't there like a spaghetti monster religion or something technically so i
1: wouldn't worry about it
0: in the 1980s to go with the whole unity thing they started wearing matching tunics because you know if your tunics are matching a quality yes but you know he got off that Drinking ban- not drinking bandwagon. Oh, okay. He, he got off it hard and went crazy with his drinking again, which obviously would only add to the violence
1: and told... Well, we haven't gotten to the violence yet. Not quite yet. It's coming, guys. <laughs> it would add to the insanity and irrationality.
0: But this is where the violence and totalitarianism... Wow. That is hard for me to say, totalitarianism. This is when he starts to show signs of that, when he begins (laughs) drinking again. And he made sure no one could be intimate without his permission. And you know what that means, guys? They could only have sex with him. Reasonable. I mean, he thinks he's Moses. Yeah. Moses supposed his toes arose, but Moses Moses, supposes (laughs) erroneously. But, but no one could be intimate without his permission, which, again, is like another thing in Cult 101. Yeah. Again, wouldn't worry about it. But people pushed away some of the violent punishments, which, like I said, we haven't got, really gotten into. But he was still punishing them because, like I said, they were he was obsessed and fascinated with the violent retribution for sin. So if they did anything wrong or against him, he was punishing them and we're about to get into a lot of that stuff. But at this point, basically, they just felt that his charisma like overshadowed and he charmed his way out of everything that he did. But he also became increasingly paranoid because after the end of the world didn't happen, there was talks that like, should we leave? Like, blah, blah, blah. And he would listen in to their conversations and spy on them. And then he would tell them that God told him what they did. Mm -hmm. So he would spy on them, like creep in the bushes is all I can think. Just like hide, hear what they said, and then be like, God told me what you said. You said this. And if they wanted to leave, now we get to the really bad, violent stuff.
1: Okay, so buckle up.
0: It's going to be a bumpy ride. So if they wanted to leave, he would also hit them with a belt, a hammer, suspend them from a ceiling, pluck each of their hairs out individually, or shit on them. In all honesty, out of all of those things, I would rather be shit on than hit with a belt, hammer, or anything. It's still gross. It still sucks.
1: Everything else is horrifying. I mean, how many times was said belt- and isn't every hair being plucked out basically what you go through as a girl?
0: That is true. Yeah. Yeah, my mom plucked my eyebrows during my Christmas trip back to PA. But, and then also in order to get money for the commune, they started like a shop in the town. And it was interesting because one of the articles I read talked about a woman who they all knew of the cult because of this, where they would sell their baked goods at that store mm-hmm. in the town. And she was like, we didn't know what was going on. All we saw was them at the little bake shop. They wore the clothes, they did that. Like, yeah. And they wouldn't know. It was just kind of an interesting side note. But if you didn't sell enough baked goods and make enough money, you were punishments. And punishments, just as the years went on, got progressively worse and worse and worse. The punishments would go from making the member break their own leg with a sledgehammer to sitting on stoves or having another member shoot them in the shoulder. And I bring up like other members getting involved is because to prove their loyalty, he had them participate and sometimes be the person dishing out the punishments. And children were not spared. We'll get into one of those stories which shows you how bad it was for a child there. But child things make me sad, so I'm not gonna go into all the stuff he did all the stuff he yeah. did to them. But it was bad, real bad, as Brandy would say. Bad, bad, real bad. Yeah. And we're gonna go back to the anatomy lessons. Okay, good. Right? Oh, God. He would perform surgeries on the members with one of the members, Gabrielle. Being a nurse. Remember, neither of them have any medical training except for the fact that he read some anatomy books.
1: Oh, so she wasn't an actual nurse? No. Uh, no. She was just she, an he assistant. Just called, she was just the commune nurse. Okay, and I'm sure they were giving them anesthesia and all that good stuff, right? Again, sarcasm.
0: <laughs> this was because, the, this was probably since they were on a commune with, and they, he, he wouldn't want them to go to hospitals just so that someone could see what was going on at the commune. No. Nah. so he just did it himself. And he also used it basically as a form of torture. But in 1987, there were some children that were taken into protective services, but he, he faced no repercussions.
1: They just took away the children, a couple of the children, not even all of them. So going back to not to excuse any of this, Canada has a horrible history of removing especially minorities. It was specifically the native children, but marginalized groups removing children from them. And it's something we're really ashamed of. I don't know if that did play a role in this or not. And again, it does not excuse any of it, but it is a really shameful part of our past. So, it may have been that they were reluctant to go back into those. True.
0: Okay, that is fair. I mean, yeah. like, that that could possibly be one explanation. But he faced no repercussions, and one of the many stories is during their time on this commune, a girl named Gabrielle Nadeau died. Roche, I didn't really see what the cause was or anything, but... Roche wanted her to stay on the commune and be buried there, but authorities wanted an autopsy performed. The authorities couldn't find anything that pointed to anything nefarious, so nothing happened. And Roche kept on keeping on, and he told all of his followers that next time they would not leave the commune if anything happened to them, which is already kind of scary because he's already saying that this isn't going to be the last death here. Yeah. But eventually they gained another member, a member not part of the original crew. Obviously, they kept building and building. This guy was named Guy Veer. Guy. Guy, Veer. guy Veer. <laughs> No, it's, it's Guy, G-U-I, and then the last name is V-E-E-R, Veer.
1: There. You just have to say it with, like, a little bit of snotty sophistication. <laughs>
0: So Guy Ver, Guy Ver, and he suffered from depression on the commune. he was basically, this might show that I've been, that I watched too much Bridgendale. What what is that show? Oh, Bridgerton? That one. Why can't I? Wow, my mind is like mush. It's been a long week, folks. It has. I don't know if it's I've watched too much Bridgerton, but... I put that he's a manser. He's basically a manservant, a valet. Valet, if I want to say it with sophistication. Valet. But (laughs) he did odd jobs on the commune. There were many. He like, like, basically just did all the shit work that no one else wanted to do. But one of these things was he watched the animals. You think I'm talking about dogs, chickens, just things on the commune no this is what Roche called the children that weren't biologically his on the commune they were the animals and a mentally unstable man was in charge of them awesome (sighs) but the reason that Ver watched these children was because in Roche's mind he wasn't suitable because of this mental instability to watch his biological children, he could only watch the ones that were not his because they were, in his opinion, lesser. And guys, this is another warning. Right now, I am about to talk about that child story that I referenced earlier, the the horrible one. Just letting you know, it is horrible. It is atrocious. It's horrific. And it is a young child. Macy, Say and Jacquees, they had a child named Samuel. Obviously he was not one of Roche's kids, so he was treated horribly. On top of that, Samuel was watched by the unstable there. The official quote unquote version of this story is that they were having a party because Roche's kids from his marriage to Francine were coming to live with him on the commune. So they were holding a party. But obviously the kids that were not his were not allowed at this party. And so Ver was watching them. And in this story it is said that Ver, Ver got angry because Samuel wouldn't stop crying and it drove him crazy. So then in a completely reasonable response, I mean Ver punched Samuel five or six times and I think hit him with something and when Roche found, Roche found out, he left Samuel in the care of Gabrielle. And at this point, it said that Sam's penis started to swell and his head was flopping. The reason they talk about the penis is to explain away what they did, but it makes no sense unless he was hit there. But the accounts didn't say that's where he was hit. Anyway, they tried to help him, but he didn't survive. He was a child, and he died on this commune. Later, Giselle, the wife, partner, whatever, Giselle would say that Samuel only had a bruise, but Roche decided that the boy needed to be circumcised. He used a razor, a rubber ball with alcohol, like rubbing alcohol placed in it to anesthetize, anesthetize him, which could have poisoned him and probably did. Rubbing alcohol? That's not supposed to be... Uh, it's a disinfectant. But to put in your mouth and drink. Oh. Yeah, the rubber ball was put in his mouth.
1: Oh, then no. I thought you were, yeah, No, I yeah.
0: The, I mean, it was used to, like... It was used to disinfect, but it but you it know, was you awful. you can't
1: drink it. It makes you go blind.
0: It's awful. And... So as you can already know, he, he died and it was, it's awful. It's terrible. I never want to read anything about that again, but that was what Giselle would later say at the time though, Mary say was told that she just had to go back to life as normal after the death of her son. And that night at dinner, her and Jackie's, agreed to Roche's idea to cremate the boy. When authorities and people found out, uh, they were able to cremate the boy because they just bought the version that Roche said about Vera being mentally unstable and hurting the kid. And they they just went with that. But months later, Roche got really, really, really fucking drunk. And during this intoxicated state, he decided that they needed to hold a communal trial for what Ver did. Jacques, Jacques mm-hmm. the boy's dad, was the judge. Giselle, the prosecution. Claude... Eloet Elouette? Elouette. Claude Eloet was the defense lawyer. Gabrielle was the medical examiner. And they ended up that night finding Ver not guilty for reason of insanity. Roche was not satisfied, and he brought up another vote. This vote was to castrate there. Samuel's parents and Giselle disagreed. They did not want this. But the seven others were really enthusiastic and really wanted it. Roche actually got there to sign a waiver saying he would partake in this castration by saying it would get rid of... By Roche saying it would get rid of Ver's headaches, his excessive masturbation problem,
1: (laughs) and (laughs) Oh boy. I mean, it might help on that one. Well, yeah. (laughs) I would think. And that it would allow
0: him, because at this point Ver on the commune was considered quote-unquote slave. It would up his status if he did it. So, with all of this, Roche got him to sign the waiver. They did this with a rubber band. No, sorry. They did this with, I think it's I saw a plastic band or okay. some kind of band. A razor, a magnifying glass, tweezers, and ethanol. I don't know. That actually sounds feasible to me. Well, my, my next sentence is... From all accounts, from the research I did, the surgery itself was fine and relatively painless. Yeah. But he bled for a long time after. Oh, well, you'd have to cauterize the wounds. Yeah. So Gabrielle, the commune nurse, had to give him hot saltwater compresses every 20 minutes for about a week. And he, he lived. Yeah. And to the credit, in the research I read... There was specifically one part of it that says he never did complain about headaches again. Small blessings, lies, just horribleness. I don't know. But one article really wanted us to know that he did not complain about
1: headaches again. Okay. Well, he might not have complained about them. He might have still had them, but maybe his... Maybe he had bigger problems. I was just going to (laughs) say.
0: And from what I read after this... There escaped, in my opinion, a bit too late, but he got out. Yeah. He survived. There's people that didn't. So, and he told authorities what was going on and about the death of Samuel. At this point, authorities did a little more investigating into it, which, since there were no charges is my assumption that's how they could go back and talk because I'm about to talk about charges. I, I okay. assume because they never placed charges on him in the first place, they just believed the story yeah. that he told that they could go back and do that. Talk to him? They could go back and do charges. like yeah, oh, hey, up charges right. Because sure. they hadn't already done it.
1: Right. Does Canada
0: have Je- double jeopardy? Yes. Okay. So Roche, Jacquise, Maryse, and Gabrielle... Gabrielle and Ver were charged with criminal negligence. It is not Klaus, but my thing changed it to Klaus. Cloud, it changed it to Klaus, but it's Cloud. Cloud, who cremated the body, okay. was charged with obstruction of justice. Okay. Maryse got three years of probation. Jacques and Klaus got six months in jail and three years of probation. There was let off due to mental incompetency and Roche got six. No, sorry. Roche got nine months in jail and three years of probation. Okay. So yeah, he then got out in 1984. Obviously when he wasn't there, there's not much. I uh, mean, yeah. people moved near where he was in jail so that they could be close to him and stuff like that. But yeah, they packed up once he got out and, moved to a place called Burnt River. He told the followers that he had stopped drinking and was gonna be better with less violence. There wasn't gonna be as much violence as there was before. This was either never true or short-lived, but he promised. After he got out of jail, say was not having a good time of it. She was abused by her husband on Roche's orders She was not part of the upper echelons, even though she was an original follower. She was also, from what I saw, the only woman that Roche wouldn't marry, which is why I say married most of them, not all. Roche did not marry her. And after the abuse, celibacy, because she was forbidden from sleeping with her husband and just all of this, she was allowed to leave with two of her three children. Roche is skeevy. And her oldest daughter was about to hit puberty and he was going to marry her. Oh, good. So that's why she couldn't take all three. Excellent. Mary say nope out of that so fucking quick. And a short time after, she did whatever she could legally to regain her last child, which was stuck on the commune. This obviously invo- in- involved. <laughs> This obviously <laughs> involved lawyers and testimony against Roche. But this wasn't the only thing going on at that time. In 1989, one of Roche's wives named Salon Bilard, Solange Billard Solange Bellard, also one of the original members, complained of stomach issues. Roche, thinking he's a surgeon, I don't fucking understand why, but thinking he's a surgeon, performed a surgery on her. Which, just leave it to the fucking professionals, guys. I mean, there's free healthcare there
1: too, people.
0: Also, on top of that, Stomach issues could be so many things, like Like There's so many things that can make your stomach hurt. It's not necessarily always a life or death situation. It might be. Well, it is for her. (laughs) But it's not the stomach problems that did it. So Roche performed a surgery on her, which is what he did is just absolute insanity. He starts off by punching her in the stomach. That's usually how surgery starts, guys. He then forced a tube in her rectum. Second step. Then he did a crude enema. Yuck. Yup. Then he cut open her abdomen with a knife. Okay. And used his bare hands to take out some pieces of her intestine. Oh, yeah. Just fiddle around. Gabrielle, his nurse, was then instructed to sew... Solange back up with a needle and a thread. Technically, that is what stitches are, folks. No surprise, (laughs) but Solange did not make it.
1: Shocking. I'm shocked, Cotton.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But But the awful grossness doesn't end there. Because Roche then claims that he has the power to resurrect. Yeah. Oh, so he drills a hole in Solange's head, and has himself and other males ejaculate into that hole. Again, unsurprisingly, he does not have magic sperm, and he did not resurrect her.
1: Yeah. Okay. I know. It's shocking, right? I'm, I mean, who who would have thunk? Like, what the fuck are you thinking? uh, I don't think there's much thought going on at this point.
0: Touché. And they ended up burying her on the commune. So I guess he kept one promise, kind of. He said that the next body he wasn't going to let leave the commune. Yeah. So with Samuel and her, he... He's keeping his promises. (laughs) But after... From what I could see, Gabrielle's torture and abuse got a lot worse after this death. I'm assuming she was abused before. I mean, mm-hmm. she she most likely faced punishments. I don't think anyone was ever yeah. not privy to that, unless maybe the... It didn't say much about how the men were abused in my research. It talked more about, like, the women, yeah. but, but she faced horrible amounts of torture. So... Uh, when the torture got so bad she attempted to escape and this was after he cut off a part of her breast and hit her with the blunt side of an axe Hmm. upon her return because he got her upon her return he Roche cut off her finger with a wire cutter nailed her to a wooden table and amputated one of her arms what a fucker but she attempts to escape again, and this time is successful.
1: Oh, good.
0: And when she escapes, she's obviously afraid. But after a couple months, she gets the wherewithal to go to the authorities. How did she not die? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah. From what I saw, she didn't die, though. Okay. I just, I don't know. But I, maybe I could be wrong. I mean, this is Murderpedia and Wikipedia. Yeah. But from what I saw, she didn't die. But authorities long suspected that Roche was up to no good, but they didn't really have any means to go to the commune and didn't really have the authority to investigate much further because it's not like anyone was really making complaints. Yep. So they, the, the commune just kept to themselves and everything. But, when, with, but with Gabrielle's bravery and when she left and went to the authorities... That gave them the ability to investigate further, which then just turned up horrible, atrocious amount of abuse, death, torture, sexual assault, all of that stuff. And in 1993, he pled guilty to second degree murder for Solange and was sentenced to death. No, life. Sorry,
1: yeah. sorry, sorry, <laughs> We're sorry, Canada, sorry, guys. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I wish he was sentenced to death. He was just sentenced to life. In 2000, obviously, once he pled guilty, there's not much to go on there. He just, he went to jail. And in 2000, he was transferred to a medium security or to the medium security Dorchester Penitentiary. And in 2002, he was up for parole. My assumption is, It's different in Canada, right?
1: Like life isn't necessarily
0: life. You have a chance at parole.
1: Life in the U.S. isn't even life. That's why they say life with or without. Yeah, true. true, true. So yeah, and also keep in mind, Canadian reform, Canadian like the criminal system, is much more about reform and rebuilding people who can return to society than retribution. So I don't agree with people like this having, you know, the opportunity to get out or whatever, but there is, there's two systems that, of thought that you go through when you're looking at criminal justice. Are you looking to reform and rehabilitate, rehabilitate the person? To be able to rejoin society, or is it a retribution punishment? Yeah. So.
0: And I knew it's still like a little different. I knew it was like a little different in the way that things went, which is why he pled guilty in 1993 and in 2002 he was up for parole. Yeah. It was not granted, mind you. He didn't get parole. And after he was rejected from parole in 2002, he never. He never tried for parole again. Yeah. I mean, I think at that point he knew it was going to be a losing battle. In 2009, Roche made headlines again because of the murder auction website saying that they would sell some of his work, his artwork. Excellent. In prison, from prison. But the Correctional Service of Canada put a stop to this, didn't allow it. And it never left the facility. Yeah. And Stockwell Day, which what a name. He was the Canadian public safety minister at the time in 2009. He expressed concern about Roche trying to profit and benefit from the artwork and the work that he did in prison, which I don't blame him. Yeah. Then, you know, the story comes to an end in 2011 when Roche was found dead. I mean, I'll wait for you guys to to shed a tear on that one. Yeah. May he not rest in
1: peace. I don't think he will.
0: Apparently, he had an altercation with his cellmate, and he was shivved. His cellmate, Matthew Gerard, Gerard? Gerard. Said to the guards, that piece of shit is down on the range. Here is the knife. I've sliced him up. Which just the nonchalantness of that—it's beautiful—just boggles my mind. But the dude had nothing to lose because he was already in the prison for murder, so he already had life. They just added another life. So, I mean, he didn't didn't really change his his situation too much. Yeah, and he killed that piece of shit, as he said. Yeah, and that is Roche. There we go. Yep. Roche there we go. I can't believe I remembered it. The pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> and that is this week's episode. I know I said I'd have a fight. The fight is over for you this week. But with all the Trump stuff and everything that we talked in at the beginning, I actually just need time to
1: mentally decompress after this because this has been one, y'all. It's been a week. I can leave you guys with a fun Canada joke. What is it? How they get the name Canada? I don't know. They just named random letters C A N A D A. It's like a dad joke, and I love it. <laughs> I
0: love it. <laughs> but that's this episode of Fight or Fright. Thank you so much for joining me for this week, and thank you, B. Of course, thank you, H. I'm giving her a little heart with my hands right now, but you can find me on social media at Fighter Fright Pod on Twitter. Nope. that's not right. Not on Twitter. <laughs> on Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Fighter Fright Pod. On Twitter, you can find me at Fight Fright Pod. On TikTok, you can find me at Hall and Elise. And on Gmail, you can find me at fight or Fright Pod at Gmail.com. Thank you guys again for joining me for another episode. I can't wait to be with you guys again next week for an all new episode. And remember guys, don't fight this fright. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Fight or fright. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at fight or fright pod and on Gmail at fighter pod at gmail.com. Twitter is the only one that's a little bit different in there. And that's, at fight fright pod and if you enjoyed this episode i would really appreciate it and it would really help me if you rate and review on apple podcasts even just spreading the word to family friends people you know that enjoy true crime mysteries paranormal all of that kind of stuff and this is holland and i'll see you next week when i tell you another crazy story and remember you don't have to fight this fight